What's the matter, Christine? You're not going to faint, are you? As there is no one there? Here, come down. There. Pull yourself together. As there is no one there. But how do you like the landscape? Oh, very much. There, that's better. You're better now, are you not? That's all right. You're better. No excitement. And what a funny house, isn't it? With landscapes like that in it. If you are some dumb folks looking to just get murdered, <laughs> I know just the place for you. New New York's hottest club is Jan's new backpack. <laughs> this place has everything. Asbestos, lupus, the magazines at Supercuts, Dan Cortez. <laughs> A doorman who always high-fives children of divorce. June 25th, 1997. Dreamed about Phantom of the Opera last night. <laughs> and I just had to go and listen to it, my special recording. And listening to it brought back everything about the way I felt then. I remember it so clearly. I was both sad and happy to be there. As I sat waiting for it to start, I thought about everything that had happened in the past year. I knew that what I wanted was to be there, but I also knew that in a few hours, I might possibly be a vegetable. So I told myself, you had better live it up. And I did. To the best of my abilities, I savored the moment. As music of the night started, my eyes filled with tears, both happy and sad. This is very corny, but it is the truth. All I had thought about in difficult times in the past year was where I would rather be. It was easy. When Joshua was making fun of me, I wished I could teleport myself to the current theater just to see music of the night. At the end, when the phantom cried out, I couldn't help it. I just lost it. And when it was over, I looked around at the nearly empty theater and I wondered, when will I ever be back? And that was uh, some of the late, great James Horner's wonderful music from the film Apollo 13, which somewhat famously, spoilers for Apollo 13, they don't die. It ends with Tom Hanks looking at the moon, which he, Jim Lovell, never got to land on the moon, first of all, um, wondering about the future of human spaceflight. He looks at the moon and wonders, when will we go back and who will that be? Or something like that. I cry a lot during Apollo 13. Um, me seeing Phantom of the Opera is the same as not getting to land on the moon. I can't say, don't know what we were yeah. thinking there, but Apollo 13 had made an impact on young Kristen, you know, whenever it came out. And, uh, <laughs> and so did Phantom. So how are we doing, Karen? I mean, I I think that's a just a really uh, timely question. When will we be back? When will we be back? Truly, I hold on. Can is you the, hear the dogs? Yeah, I was gonna say, is there a dog? I feel like I would know if there was a dog newly in your home, but there is not a dog, and there's not even a kitten here. Um, hmm. Soju, yeah. friend of the pod, Soju enemy of the pod isis um anyway we are back because a little something happened yesterday and the day before and that was the phantom of the opera the ill-fated phantom of the opera sequel speak on it (laughs) starring starring norm lewis and other people who are amazing uh, played a two-day, two-day, three-day concert at Drury Lane Theater in London. Yeah. Um, and I just want to say it's a real testament to my fortitude and strength that I didn't go. Because uh, not for lack of looking up flight prices. 
No, I, so I didn't even really bother with, I don't really care if something good happened to you. It should have happened to me instead. Cause I was so far removed from going, but I did feel, I don't really care if something good happened to you. It should have happened to Kara instead. Um, cause she, I know there's like a couple people who like went that I know and I'm just yeah, like, you could have plausibly, it was like plausible for you to go, but you didn't, but there is there. I mean, we're going to be linking to some very upsetting and triggering footage. I believe that you sent me and it's legal. Yes. It's yes. Legal, legal footage. Yes. Yes. No, it seems like it was so good. Um, Ugh. I can't, I can't even, I've just been peppering people with like video clips. Yes. Is that your journal? Is it a five subject notebook? Oh no. No, no, no. This is it's Oh just, no, it's little. It's a one subject. It notebook. looks really big. It's one subject <laughs> and that subject is Phantom of the Opera. And <laughs> Absolutely. By the way, this is LaRoe Less Traveled. Uh I don't think we yeah. clarified. We're we're recapping the Phantom of the Opera and we're almost done, people, but we're also not almost done. Um because damn. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. I mean, a lot of things happen in this chapter, these chapters, and a lot of things don't. So we're going to talk about chapters 22 and 23 of The Phantom of the Opera today. Yeah, you know, one point. of my favorite Bible verses says, a thing isn't beautiful because it lasts. And that's actually not in the Bible. That's in Avengers Age of Ultron, which <laughs> is going to come up very directly in this chapter. <gasps> Thank you for that, Raul. But um, so I listened to BJ Harrison and read the David Coward version. So regardless of what you, if you're reading along or listening along, I feel like regardless of what you um, chose, we're kind of here for you. <laughs> yeah, I listened to BJ Harrison this week because I had to like make dinner while I was reading. And I was like, and unfortunately you were right. The the voice is horny. It's horny. I thought, okay, I'm not really He was saying horrible that. things and I was like, but yeah, oh we're going to recap the, if we do two chapters each week, we have three episodes of this left. Um, who can say oh. what will happen in the future? But before we get to these two chapters, is there anything <laughs> else from like Phantom World, Phantom Corner? I'm trying to think. Um... I mean, Norma's more than enough. And I think the Christine was Celine oh. Schoenmaker. Yeah. She's, she's been Christine yes. a lot. She's great. But we were excited about Norm. He's wonderful. We are very excited about Norm. And Raul wears little glasses. Uh, so that's cool. Um, Meg. Yeah. I mean, need I say more? But, like, she looks really cool and amazing. And uh, she's wearing, like, a cool – it looks like she's wearing, like, a circus outfit at the end of the show, like, during the curtain call. So I am trying to, like, glean whatever information I can uh, about the performance from there. Yeah, I'm trying to think – if there's any other Phantom Corner. Love Never Dies is a big one. I think there's like a Czech Republic one going on right now or something. That's about it. Yeah. Always be phantoming. Always be phantoming. You know, you know who who's wish- phantoming a lot in this chapter. Yeah, I was going to say, you know who wishes there could be less phantoming? Um, <laughs> Christine. Should, should we jump inside the torture chamber, Kara? Let's go. <laughs> Let's jump right in. Well, because you can't get out, so. Yeah. And I ha- that's actually where we're starting with, not exactly lost in translation, but Alexander Texier de Matos. David Coward says, we were standing in the middle of a small room in the shape of a hexagon. Tex has to break it down and be like, we were in a room with six walls. Like, people know what a hexagon is, my guy. But he says, no, you don't. I don't trust you with this information. Um, it's... <laughs> the only other note I have on this page is that immediately... Yeah, he's like, we're in the torture chamber. I had to grab hold of Raul immediately. I was afraid that he wouldn't be able to control himself. And you, unfortunately, spoilers, were right to worry you about it. were right. He Your can't shut the fuck up. No. He's like, I don't know how to tell you. He's shaking with excitement. This man is a chihuahua. So, yeah, okay, what's our scene? They've dropped in. They've done a three-point superhero landing. Yes. And they're like, oh. There's mirrors everywhere in this hexagon. And then there's also a tree. For fun, you know, an accent. Yeah, a hanging tree. That's cool. That's horrifying. Uh-huh. An iron tree. Oh my God. With its iron branch. Just great stuff. And, and so then, yeah. <laughs> they're in a hexagon. And the person's like, 
great. <laughs> I know exactly what this is. Please stop talking, Rel. And so then they hear, like, noise, muffled noise coming from somewhere else. And uh, who is it? It's our guy. He's back. Backstreet's back. And by Backstreet, I mean Rick. Choose you <laughs> must. The wedding mass or the requiem for the dead. They recognize the monster's voice. It's Rick. It's him, not it's Barney, Rick. says the Persian in Raoul. And then there's and meanwhile, gro- there's like a groaning that's happening because <laughs> Christine is tired and over it. Oh, poor Christine. Thoughts God. and prayers for our girl, Christine. But yeah. Um, and then the Persian's like, okay, he definitely doesn't know we're in here because uh, he would have started torturing us already. And then it, this is a small thing, but Tex did cut it out where the Persian, ugh, I will try to stop myself if I call him Nadir. He says... That gave us one big advantage over Eric. We were very close and he did not know it. True. Very true. That is crazy. I I feel like the like musical version, like obviously it's a little bit different, but like in the musical where he goes, oh, we have a guest. Like he doesn't even look at Raoul and he knows like he has this kind of second sense that like he's there. And uh, unfortunately for this Eric, he does not have that. No. Again, Mm-mm. it was vital that we did nothing to change that. The greatest danger yeah. is the Viscount's impulsiveness. Mm. Well, Bestie. He was um, itching to hurl himself at the walls. Yeah. And so we're, they're like, yep, those miserable noises are probably coming from her. <laughs> Eric says of his own requiem, it's not great. He says it doesn't make for pleasant listening. He says, no, the wedding. BJ Harrison says it's not gay. Yeah. Um, And then we get the big famous, I mean, famous to us. We are on Phantom of the Opera Dark Web, but the famous kind of interlude where he's like, you got to make up your mind, babe. Are we dying or are we getting married? You know, those two choices. The two choices. I can't go on living like this any longer, creeping about the earth in a hole in the ground, just like a mole. Don Juan Triumphant is finished at last, and now I want to live an ordinary life, be like other people. I want a a wife like other men. We'll go for walks together on Sunday. I've made a mask which lets me pass unnoticed in a crowd. No one will turn around in the street and stare. You'll be the happiest of women. We shall sing together, just the two of us, and it'll be bliss. You're crying. You're afraid of me, but I'm not a bad man. Love me and you'll see. To be good and kind, all I ever needed was to be loved. If you loved me, I would be as gentle as a lamb, and you could do with me whatever you wanted. Okay. Now, Rick. Um, I can't go on living like this. I mean, same, you know. Uh, what a time. Yeah. I want a wife Risk, like other Rick men. says mask off. Yeah. So, okay. what? Which country is it where they have... Okay, well, they have human rights. And then also, like, when people have a baby and they leave the hospital, like, they get a box of things for the baby... So, so Rick, you do not live there. You don't live somewhere that has human rights or baby supplies. And what else they don't have is like a wife. Like he, I know that Rick is just like, he thinks he gets a female. He thinks if he goes above ground, he gets a government provided female. And he's like, brought my own. (laughs) B-Y-O-F, bring your own female. I mean, I'm, I'm off, but like, am I? He wants to go up above and just simply have a woman. No. Part of that world. He's chosen her. He's chosen you, Christine. This is an interesting, because that just reminded me of, like, there's, like, kind of a long-standing, irritating debate in the fandom that's, like, is Eric, like, an incel in, like, the truest, like, definition of the word? And, like, this is, like, an often cited passage of, like, saying, like, yeah, like, he feels entitled to, like, yeah, his government-issued woman. He's, like... If I get to be a guy in the world, I get a girl. And it's like, well, most, no, <laughs> not all the time. Just absolutely horrifying notes I've taken. Yeah, no, but, so this passage is, this is cited as the Eric is an insult passage, but it's also mm-hmm. cited as like, he's actually a, why am I blanking on the word, soft. Marshmallow? No. Poor little meow meow? No, it's something... <laughs> He's soft. He's basically, soft? I mean, there's in these chapters, uh, which is wild. Yeah. Cinnamon roll. We got a vibe. Cinnamon to roll. The aging. We beauty. got it. Yeah. So I can understand parsing some of the lines here to be like, he's a cinnamon roll. Um, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. However, we do contain multitudes. Yes. If you love it's also interesting because it's like, we know that like Eric hasn't always been underground. And then we also yeah. know that like, he's not like, there's like certain things that are limiting him from coming above ground. And it's not just seemingly not just like the quote wickedness of his face or whatever that he says right. in the musical. It's like, also he wants a wife. He wants like this, like he wants to like finish his opera. He's got to like, once that's done, he's going to go like, and he's got like a checklist of things. And it seems like kind of the the mask or his face is kind of like the last. He's like not really thinking too much about that. It's also like I need to like, if I'm going to do society, I'm going to do it right. Yeah, I actually, I like this chapter a lot. I mean, I like all the chapters in the book, but the way he vacillates from like saying, I will be as gentle as a lamb. And then as we will see very shortly, hurting her and laughing about it. Uh, his thinking, you know, the way he thinks out loud and just his, it makes me think of like rapids on a river, honestly, like just how, how he's all over the place. This is it. This is the, this is the heart of our story. This is our guy. This is Rick. Um, you, you cannot get more unfiltered Rick than you have here. So no happiest of women, the most happy. And then they're like, man, she's really She's really moaning. She sounds so miserable. Oh, just kidding. That's actually Rick. He's he's doing all this and like screaming. <laughs> Get to a man that can do yeah. it all. <laughs> and so she, Christine doesn't really know. She's like, I don't know what you want me to say to that. <laughs> Which yeah. same girl. Um, His lamentation is incredible. Did you have any thoughts on that? It's, you know... You do not love me. <laughs> you do not love me. Screams, howls it thrice. And then wh- very softly, Kara, why are you crying? Why are you crying? You know I hate it when you cry. <sighs> Fellas, is uh, it? <laughs> I don't. Fellas. No. That's unfortunately the most relatable thing he said so far. Um, <laughs> yeah. like other men would say that. Yeah, there can be no clearer reason on this earth as to why she is crying right now except your behaviors and you gotta let her know you gotta ask her why she's crying and let her know that you don't like that you know rick is actually the one struggling here um oh my god yeah so then what do we got so then so yeah and also the like why are you crying like just this whole like interaction makes like when the persian later is like hey can you like be nice to him so like we can get out of here and it's like bro we're past that like this guy is like not he's like you could say you love him but that actually might trigger him like worse to like be upset or whatever like so like i don't know it was kind of annoying because it's like christine is clearly doing her absolute best to um stay alive or not which we'll see um but we're past like placating him yeah so they like gets really weird and quiet and then they're the like they're trying to figure this out. Help, so yeah, there's a door, and they're like, we need her to like put the candle back. Like we need her to open this door, and that's the only way. And uh, then someone comes up on the ring doorbell. I was gonna say, then Kara's absolute favorite appliance that has ever been created really makes <laughs> an incredible showing here from from our guy, the ring doorbell. <laughs> of course, he ha- he would love R.I.P. The Phantom of the Opera, you would love a ring doorbell. So something chimes, his phone chimes that there's someone at his door. And he's like, that's crazy. Uh, He's like, ha, 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 ha. Like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go tell the siren to open the door, which is a completely normal and not horrifying thing to say. Uh I'm going to tell the mermaid to open the door. He's just having a great time. He's just having a laugh. Honestly, yes. Is this the scariest chapter we've had so far? Absolutely. Are there a lot of Rick jokes? Absolutely. Oh, he's got jokes. Never a dull he's moment, got Kara. Jokes. Wait for that. Jesus Christ. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and so he disappears. Or they hear the door close. I just also imagine, like, this sounds like a radio show. Like, you hear the, like, clip-clop of his, like, feet leaving. Yeah. And they're like oh shit like he's he's gotta go kill somebody else exactly. so in this time while he's doing that i'm gonna try to get out of here and fucking ral's already screaming 
Yeah. And yeah, no I, one really answers her Christine for a long she's time. hallucinating, but so this was, I mean, he called out for her in the Texier de Meadows version, but it's like truncated. Answer me, Christine. If you were alone, for God's sake, answer. And if she wasn't, Raul, what then? What then? I mean, she right. is, but like, <laughs> bestie. It's not good. And she's like, and he's like, it's not a dream. This is real. <laughs> and she's like, oh, we've come to rescue you. And she's like, what? <laughs> Yeah, they like, had him. She made yeah. him repeat several times that she wasn't dreaming and that Raoul had come to rescue her. Well, oh my God. Yeah, spoilers for like two minutes from now, but you know, she's right to question it. She she feels like, okay, even if she hadn't oh, possibly true. concussed herself, she's right to be like, have I just lost it? But that's like, true. And also, Rick is full of tricks. Like, God knows. He would do, he would definitely like fake Raoul's voice or some shit. Yeah. Yeah, made him repeat several times that she wasn't dreaming and that Raoul de Chagny had come to rescue her with the help of a faithful companion who knew a secret way into Eric's house by the lake. It does sound fake. It really, really does. But they're like, no, it's not. Also, you gotta let us know if he's coming back because, well, okay, Nadir says that. God damn it. No Persian says that. (laughs) Raoul, um, not concerned with quiet time, as they say. Not concerned. No. no, there's a hierarchy of people who are going to survive this. And unfortunately, Raul is at the bottom because I think like even Christine's like, oh, shit, like you're here to rescue me. Don't rescue me. You just need to leave. Like, I'll take care of this myself, like in one way or another. But like she immediately begs them to leave. And she's like, real quick. Uh, <laughs> she's like, just real quick. Uh, he wants to get married um, at the Madeline. Uh, or he's going to kill everybody and himself. Yep. And this was, okay, so obviously it's in like all the versions that she'd better marry him or else. Uh, he's not necessarily mm-hmm. gonna kill everybody in all the versions. But text cuts out that if she did not consent to be married by both mayor and priest, the text version <clears throat> just says married, which I thought was interesting. But this this version, he's like, oh, I'm getting witnesses. No, we're doing this. Oh, my God. You know what this also reminds me of? I'm sorry. I'm, like, plugging in my computer. No. Uh, so as as you know, I went to the – there's, like, several Great Gatsby productions happening mm-hmm. across the city. And so we went to uh, the – we went to the – one of the Great Gatsby experiences. And uh, – I forgot in that mo- in that book text, uh, I forgot that there's that whole like subplot where like Daisy and Gatsby are together, and mm. uh, he's like, "It's not enough. I need her to like promise that she's only loved me and me alone." And that's like what his undoing is is like trying to get her to like agree to that. That's what this is. <laughs> so he's like, "Yeah, like you can tell me you love me all you want, but like I we need to get married." For real, and we need to get married at the Madeleine, which is a big ass church in Paris, and like it needs to be like the event of the season. Like he can't just like he has her, but he can't just like settle for that. Well, and um really not occurring to him that like hey, Bud set foot in that church and um well Eric, have you ever seen Bonnie and Clyde? One of my favorite films. Spoilers for Bonnie and Clyde didn't end well for them. The ending is horrifying, but I say all that to make the point, Eric, it's going to be Bonnie and Clyde, but it just, you know, Clyde, if you set foot in that church. Rick, you're getting uh, arrested at best, and it just, it's, there's some really interesting fix where he, he doesn't want to be taken alive, like, that's a huge thing for him, because he's like, I don't want to be put on display dead or alive. Christine says, you gotta go, he's going to lose it. I think he's already lost it, because he... Yes. Buddy, you're not you're not doing this legit. In the musical, he's just trying to kind of, like, um, West Side Story, one hand, one heart, but maybe not cute. He's trying to fake, like, play marry her, because, you know, economy of staging, but... Mm-hmm. No, this one, he's like, I... The budget's 20,000 francs. Yeah. Christine doesn't know what dead and buried means. The Persian is like, I unfortunately do. I know it all too well. Mm -hmm. 
And then he's like, she's like, they're like, well, where's Eric now? And she's like, I don't know. He's outside somewhere. Like, he left the house. And they're like, great. Uh, can you go find him? And she's nope. like, uh, great question. Cannot. <laughs> I am tied up. Cannot move. And then Raul's screaming. Not yep. helpful. Yep. Now, we must save her. We must go to her. Okay, bud. But good intentions. Yes, the best of intentions. Yes. Where are you exactly? Christine asked again. There are only two doors here in my room. The Louis Philippe room I told you about, Raul. The totally cool and normal room that he's had in his house for an overnight guest for, you know, who knows how long. Mm -hmm. One door through which Eric enters and leaves and another which he's never opened in my presence and warned me never to open it because he said it's a very dangerous door. The door to a torture chamber. So I don't I don't know exactly what the layout of Rick's house is, but I actually never thought before about how her room is right next to the torture chamber. And it's just, you know, it's so compact. It's like an Airstream. Great stuff. It's so, it's a, what is it? Railroad style apartment. So it's like, oh, you have to go through the Louis (laughs) Philippe room to get to the torture chamber. I'm sorry. It's just not a great layout. (laughs) It's like, what do you mean? And then he's like, also a really cool Chekhov's door. Um, there's a door which he's never opened in my presence and warned me never to open it because it's a very dangerous door, the door to the cho- torture chamber. And the way she said, sir, yes, sir, until this very moment. Because she's like, he's not fucking around. If he tells me, <sighs> he told me one time not to do something and then I did it, didn't go great. I'm not right. opening that goddamn door. <laughs> but now she's like, okay, well, since you're in there. Right. And then they're like, I wonder what room it is. Yeah. And then they all just stare at each other, and it's like, yeah, it's so, called the torture chamber. What I actually hadn't realized before, I don't know if I thought this t- was taking place in his living room or where literally anything was, but the torture chamber is next door to her room, and she is, don't want to stray too far into discourse corner, but I do think it's interesting how they're in her room. I do think it's interesting how she's tied up in her room. I also... What happened to the bathroom? The dope bathroom? That's also next to the tour. We don't know. We don't know. I'm sure some, I'm sure many people have drawn floor plans <laughs> of Rick's house. Oh, that's um, true. I'd like to look at that. Baby girl. They're like, she's like, I can't she's drag like, myself. I, it's not. Well, yeah. So if she could just let them know where the door is, I'm getting the impression that it's like, yeah, there's a lock. But if they just knew where the like weak point in it is, they could like body slam it and come busting out. But they don't want to like, you know, throw themselves against immovable walls needlessly. And she simply cannot even drag herself there. She would if she could. He's like, you gotta open the door for us. But how? She answered with a sob in her voice. We heard the sounds of a body straining every sinew, clearly making every effort to free itself of the ropes which held it. Say this for Coward and Gaston LaRue. They're like, she is doing her best, fam. Trust. She is doing her best. And say what we will, uh, we know that Eric can tie a knot because he is a Boy Scout. Yep. She's tied real sort tight. Of. <laughs> And so she's like, I know where the key is. It's in his purse. We got to go get it. She's like, but I can't get it. So here's the thing. You got to get out of here. He's, the keys are in a small leather pouch, which he calls the little bag of life and death because he's chill. I like how she yeah. says it in text. She says, Raul, Raul, fly. Everything is mysterious and terrible here. And Eric will soon have gone quite mad. And you were in the torture chamber. Like she sums it up very well. It couldn't be me, but she does a great job. She's like, yeah, go back. There must be a good reason why that room is called (laughs) such a name. So it's like, you know, no matter how out of it she thinks she is, Christine's like, this is not you. It doesn't end well for you. Please go. But they can't, you know, fly. So they can't get out the way they came in. They cannot. Can't go over it. Can't go under it. Gotta go through the door. And this is where the... I swore I would make it relevant. Age of Ultron quote comes in because she's like, no, you have to go. There's a reason why it's called that. And Christine says the Viscount, we are going to leave this place together or we shall die together. Tony's like, how are you going to fight Ultron? Together, says Steve. We'll lose. We'll do that together too. That's valiant of him, but it's still not great. No. And the Persian's like, no, we're not fucking doing that. We're all getting out of here, but everybody, you need to settle down a little bit. Everyone needs to settle down. 
And why... He's like, by the way, like, why are you tied up? And she's like, crazy story. Um, Great question. Great question. (laughs) And she's like, "Uh, I did try to unalive myself. Um, So that's that's what that is. And Rick's uh, suicide prevention plan is tying her up. Yeah. Unfortunately... It's very funny the way this is worded in the middle of her very sad. No. After he brought me out here unconscious, half chloroformed, the monster went out. Apparently he was going, or so he said, to see his banker. He said, gotta go to that ATM. Why? <laughs> He's gotta yeah. put the deposit down on the Madeline. You know it's really hard to get a June wedding. What banker was open at that time? I'm, anyway... He got back, he found her with blood all over her face, beating her head against the wall. And he was like, no, only I get to take you out this world. Unfortunately. Right. He tied me up. I'm not allowed to die until tomorrow night at 11. (laughs) And Rick has has a schedule. Rick loves a schedule. Rick loves a schedule. He's like, yeah, you don't get to, like, fuck up my plan. Uh, And so that's why she's tied up, which is, I mean, we, we knew this. You know, back in the day when she had the scissors, she, you know, she's got a last resort, like, things are going really, really bad. I'm, this is, like, I'm not going to be in this situation plan. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. What did, does Tex translate this? Yeah, pretty much. He does, I actually have one. Tex does take out, this conversation through the wall was much more stilted and much more tentative than it is possible for me to convey as I transcribe it here. Mm. That does not affect Mm. the plot, but I am glad to know that information. Um, Yeah, because it does sound like when you're listening to the audiobook, like, it was just like, tried to kill myself, oh well, and it's like, what? (laughs) Like, no, it makes more sense that she's, like, struggling to get out of this thing, and she's, like, also divulging this, like, very, like intense information yeah and so the persian's like girl we can, we can do this clear eyes full hearts can't lose he tied you up and he's gonna untie you just play along remember he loves you in every version she's like yeah how could i forget she's yeah she's he like, mentioned i know <laughs> i know that thank you so much for reminding me <laughs> i'm tied up in his house <laughs> And so he's so, like, just say that you're, like, in pain and, like, he'll release you. And it's like, I don't know if that's true at this point. Like, maybe, yeah. you know, chapter 10 Rick was doing that. But chapter 22 Rick, no, no, no. Well, he tells her to smile. And she's like, I don't know that that's going to be enough at this time. <laughs> no, but he's like. <sighs> it's he, just not. He's like, yeah, just be sweet and say you're hurting. He has good insights, to be fair. It's just that no one has great ideas here. Because <laughs> Rick. No, because, like, even the Persians, like, barely survived this man. So he's like, I don't know, be nice to him. Yeah. We couldn't leave. Oh, yeah, she's like, you guys got to go. And they're like, well, we can't. So (laughs) we are trapped in the torture chamber. And she's like, shut up. And he's back. And since she's never seen it, I guess she, I mean, I feel like maybe someone could have said, well, we dropped in from above. We don't know how to climb out. But she has not seen it. She doesn't even know what's involved. So. No, it makes sense. It, I just imagine it looks like a like a Cole's dressing room with like all the mirrors and a similar sense of horror and foreboding as uh-huh. a Cole's dressing room. Yeah, yeah, that's and you just way. have to try on like sensible slacks for school. Oh my god! Yeah, no, exactly, exactly it. And Raúl, uh, Eric did design Cole's dressing rooms, and that's why. Um, <laughs> no, but so I guess she like they're having this conversation, even if it is stilted. So she probably figures like. If you're well enough to keep talking, you could just leave, which just, you know, everyone's doing their best. Yeah. And they're like, but yeah, then, they're like two, like, able-bodied dudes, like, you could probably climb out. But they're checking. Uh, and then a sure. horrified scream. And he rolls up. I'm so sorry to <laughs> guess on the row. He does roll up soaking wet. <laughs> like, not unlike Mr. Darcy coming out of the lake, except for the opposite <laughs> of that. <laughs> Just a picture of that. You guys know that. Colin Firth coming out of the lake and then just the op- the complete opposite <laughs> oh would make God. you scream. He doesn't have a mask on. Uh, and he's just like, hey, I'm back. Well, and then in the other 
version, he's like, it's raining. What are you talking about? What? You were in the lake drowning a man. It's raining, Rick. But in this one, I think he just says, like, not a great night to be out. Unfortunately, he gets even funnier when he's doing the worst things. He's like, he's just like, damn, that's crazy. Well, and we, Rick famously doesn't like company. He hates it when people come over. Why did no. he have to come ringing my ring doorbell? Do I bother strangers? He'll never bother anybody ever again. <laughs> who was it? Like, was there like a Girl Scout? Like, who is ringing on his door? And we'll who is knocking out. on his door? Was it like one of the? Pl- oh, we find out. We will find out that one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. I'm cool, pretty, cool. I'm but like sure. that is. They rang the doorbell. Rick, so Rick then he's would like, buy Girl Scout cookies, and he would tip extra, because he doesn't hate children. Oh, for sure. For sure. It wasn't children. He's like, oh. do I bother strangers? Which is, um, I guess, a rhetorical question he doesn't want the answer to. You do, you do Rick, is the thing. You really do. And he's and like, then, it's the siren's fault. Uh, confused, Samoyed face from Rick. Why did you cry out, Christine? <sighs> now Rick. And then she lies. Um, cause I'm, the rope is hurting me. And he's like, oh, I thought I scared you. And it's like, yeah, that too, bud. And she's like, mm-hmm. uh, untie me. I'm already a prisoner here. You'll try to kill yourself again. Well, I'm not going to do that until 11 o'clock tomorrow night. <laughs> you gave me until 11 tomorrow night, Eric. Yep. Oh God. More footsteps on the wooden floor. Why have I been imagining his carpeted home for many years? Who knows? But some nice wood flooring. He definitely has some carpets. Yeah. For sure. Astonishing monologues from Rick. You don't (laughs) have to read it all. It's just incredible. (laughs) Oh my god. I'll do as you ask. After all, we're going to die together, and I want that just as much as you do. (laughs) I've had enough of this life, too. Oh, just a moment. Don't move. I'll untie you. All you have to do is say one word, no, and it will all be over for everybody. But why wait until tomorrow night at 11? Ah, I remember. It's because it's the proper way to do these things. I've always been a stickler for etiquette, for ceremony. So childish. We must always think of ourselves first in this life and in our our death. The rest is sideshows. Isn't that uh, Shakespeare? (laughs) Anyway, you're wondering why I'm soaking one? Actually, Uh, I'm not. But I'm we weren't. I was wrong to go outside. It's not a night to be out in. Okay, Dad Rick popping out. <laughs> also, I think I've I've started to see things. The man who rang the bell and woke the siren. If you want to know if he's still ringing it, you'll have to look at the bottom of the lake. Oh Rick. well, he reminded me of uh there. Turn around. Better now. You're free. Oh no, your poor wrists. Did I hurt them? That in itself deserves punishment by death. And speaking of death, I must sing my requiem for him. <laughs> oh my god. I'm allowed to say this because I take Adderall. His Adderall hit. Uh, <laughs> He's like, way. let's go. <laughs> um, He's a stickler for etiquette. The Persians remembering, yeah, I think I know what happened. It's not great. Tex cut this out. Gaston LaRue says, thinking about him, whoever he was, prevented me fully appreciating Christine's smart work. He said women's stories matter. They just matter. <laughs> no, because the Persian He's, does, It said the opposite. The Persian... It just got taken out. But the Persian does stop in this version to keep noting she is working hard. She's doing her best to think on her feet. He said, I don't... Christine die. I don't know a better person. It's true. And then Raoul's like, huh, I wonder who he killed. Hmm, me too. The <laughs> the singing, and then they start singing. And what? he starts singing the Requiem. How was the singing, Kara? Um, just completely regular and normal. It was sublime! Sublime! <laughs> sublime. <laughs> and full of rage, the entire house by the lake rang with it. The very bowels of the earth shook with it. We had been pressing our ears against the walls of mirrors so that we could hear what Christine Dye had been doing to save us. But now all we could hear was the sound of his mass for the dead. Yet it was like a mass for the damned. It reverberated deep in the ground like a devil's roundelay. Yeah. And then this got cut out of text. Um, the Persian's like, oh, I remember this one. His horrifying version of Final Countdown. He made stone jaws of human-headed bulls. <laughs> Wait. Horrifying. Stone jaws of the human-headed bulls sing it from the... So he's like... He's, he's ventriloquisting the final countdown. 
And I do have Garbos. to let the people know that I was reading this um, texting at times from I was on the, I was like at a lake the other day, and it says he was the god. He's saying it as though he were the god of thunder in the audiobook too. And at that exact moment, yes. this giant dog ran past me and shook, but it was okay. And I, its person was like Odin. So right as that happened, a giant dog named Odin ran past me, and that was exciting. Oh, um, god of thunder! It's Rick. But yeah, he's singing very powerfully, but uh, nobody's having a good time. It was, but it was also, no one's having a not great time. They're kind of like, whoa, this is a lot. And then everything stops. Yeah, everything stops. And then he's like, bitch, like, did you touch my Valentino white bag? Yep. What have you done with my bag? And my keys, which, I mean, have I said that to myself today? Yes relatable rick yeah and then the, the persian's tale continued he asked yes chapter again, 24 baby what have you done with my bag and my keys cut out of text christine die could not afford to show fear any more than we could to feel it just thought oh. that was interesting is that why you asked me to untie you so you could take my keys and then she's running why are you running away give me back my bag it's the little bag of life and death you got to stop saying that we don't know what it means eric yeah, but a little bit of where are we in space and time because, I don't know, for most of my life yeah. I imagine them in the living room. But so, like, at the beginning of this, they were in the living room, then they, no, they were in her room, then they went mm-hmm. some other, oh, well, because the organ's not in there. Okay, that makes sense. I oh, yeah. His room, his his Hot Topic room is the one with the organ, I think. And but that's also he, where his bag is. So she was like, sure, I'll listen yeah, to, I'll yeah. watch you play video games, and then took it. Yeah, and now she's, she's clever. She's like, listen, listen, Eric, sighed Christine. Listen, this listen, seems listen. to be settled, but we're going to live here together. Why shouldn't I have them? Whatever is yours is mine. She's like, I actually do understand how um, like property ownership works when you are married. And if we're going to be together, um, you know, this common law marriage or whatever, 50%. Anyway, she's like, she's like friends share. And he's like, why do you want the key? It's only two keys. What like what? Did, who gives a shit? And she's like, "Oh, I just wanted to like, you know, you know how women women be curious." She, uh, take, she takes. I just want to look the inside the room. Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> her, like, her voice is shaking. They're painfully aware. There's nothing else they could do. Calling her terror was clearly draining whatever energy she had left. But she's still. She's rallying. She's saying, "Women be shopping." Yeah, she's like, women, you know how we just love to, like, we love purses and, like, bags and, like, we just want to, like, snoop around and, like, what if, what if you open the door to the, that room that you never open? She goes and he's like, I don't bit, like inquisitive women. Yeah, she, like, goes a little bit overboard with the, like, lightness of tone that, that Rick's like, yeah. no, girl. Because she's, like, I presume at this point she's, like, kind of covered in blood because she banged her head against the wall and then also, like, has been tied up for, like, God knows how long. So he's, like, I just imagine she's, like, real fucked up. And she's, like, it's cool. What if we played a game called Open This Door? I can't remember if she has blood on her forehead. He would, like, tie her to a chair painfully and then gently clean her up like he's doing her a favor. I don't know. True. I actually can't remember if that happened. But, um, ladies, no, anyone. Anytime you are, you just don't want to hear people bringing up Bluebeard. It's not great. It's not going to. It's not a good illusion. Never heard of Bluebeard? Enough of this, Rick. Yeah, he's like, don't, don't do this. And he's like, curiosity killed the cat. And uh, then he like grabs it from her and she like yells, which is bad. And then fucking Raoul yelps. Yep. And... Unfortunately, it's over for these hoes because he goes, what was that? And she's, he's like, did you hear something, Christine? And she's like, nope. She heard Raul losing the quiet game, but she can't say that. She's like, don't be silly. Who do you no. think is going to cry out in this place? If anyone cried out, it was me because you were hurting me and I never heard a thing. And he's like, how glibly you say, say that. You're shaking. You're anxious. You're lying. I did hear a cry. There's somebody in the torture chamber. And she's like, there's nobody there, Eric. I understand. Nobody. Could it be the man you want to marry? 
I don't want to marry anyone, as you very well know. Oh, man. Um, and Rick is just laughing nastily during all of this. He's Not like, let's... Yeah, yeah, what did you think of this next next passage? Just more more incredible stuff from It that? was interesting. His his um his like microwave door light that he's got going on in this torture chamber isn't a hundred percent foolproof because they're in there. And he's yeah. like, Well, if there's somebody inside, an invisible spy hole will light up. You can see it. Just pull back that curtain and we'll see it. And uh But first we have to turn off the lights to see it. Which I thought was, unfortunately, you know. Yeah, this confused me. Don't be afraid of the dark. You'll have your make-believe husband to keep you company. In in the, the other one, the, the text, the BJ Harrison audio, mm. was like, you'll have your little husband to keep you company. I was like, I don't know what you mean here. Because at first, if you know, if you're multitasking, yeah, it's, it's not like, him. he means I thought it was Raul, him. But, yeah. but like, no one's there but her. Or but, but him, and she's like, JK, nope, I'm actually afraid of the dark. New phobia just dropped. Yeah, she's like, no, 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 no. Um, I don't care anymore. That was just a fun thing, whatever. And then, so then the, um, the like, oven light goes on in this mm-hmm. torture chamber. And <laughs> everyone's like, whoa. <laughs> and he's like, see, there is someone in there. Can you see? It's lit up. And so she has to <laughs> climb up a folding ladder. <laughs> That's just, like, in this room. And she's like, I never questioned why this was there. Or no, she did question why it was there. And he's like, that's what it's for. Both other versions said steps. And I don't know what I imagined when I was younger. Now what I'm imagining is, you know, in Arrested Development, how they still have the truck that has, like, the stairs to the plane. Uh, Rick (laughs) has that. No, but it's a ladder. He makes her climb a ladder and then... God damn. Okay, we're not at Sweet Girl yet, but um, <laughs> I, I didn't realize. I'm, I'm seeing it now. Raul was not expecting, you know, he was so taken off guard that he staggered. So Raul, yeah, Raul screamed, and then Raul made the lights go on. So, yeah, Raul is zero for two. Absolutely zero for two. And so they're like, well, the indicator light has gone on, so mm-hmm. someone's in there. Um, and she's like, I don't, so she has to go up these fucking steps and uh, tell him what he looks like. Oh, tell him what, oh, that's interesting. In the one version that I heard, it was uh, tell him what, tell me what he looks like. Tell him what his nose looks like. Uh-huh. Rick um, mentions the nose a lot more in this version. He's, he's mad His folks. nose? What's you about know, to happen to these people? He's just. He's mad that other people have noses. He's never not mad about it, which I mean, fair, but I understand. But yeah, so then then he pushes the little airplane step truck up against the wall. Yeah, this fucking asshole. Up, you, he's like, up you go. Wait, no. Okay, actually, I'll go. And she's like, no, 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 no. I'll do it. And he's my sweet girl. How sweet you are. How so very sweet sweet of you to spare me the trouble at my age. But you must Mm. tell me if he's got an attractive nose, won't you? If people only realized how lucky they are to have a nose, a real one of their own, they'd never go anywhere near my torture chamber. He's fixating on it. He's setting up a joke that will pay off later that does not happen in text. But but this asshole... Oh no. He says sweet girl, which just the quickest of Barbie corners, we've learned yes. that Sublime and many other great things in the film were ad-libbed by Ryan Gosling. Apparently there was one where he responded to her saying she's ready to be his full-time long distance casual girl, whatever, by saying something like my sweet girl. <laughs> Greta, Greta Gerwig yes. released the sweet girl cut. That's all we need. That's what we want. That's all I need. I think I do need it. Um, also, side note, did you see uh, they're, like, kind of releasing behind-the-scenes footage of Ryan Gosling learning the dances? <gasps> no. That's a good reason to get on the internet. Many reasons. There are many reasons to not get on the internet, but that's a good reason to get on the internet. Yes, there are many benefits to being on the internet for Ryan Gosling. Um, and so she's like, yeah, there's nobody in there. Like, nope, definitely not. <laughs> And he's like, really? That's crazy. And he's, she's like, yep, pretty sure. And he's like, oh, that's great. And he's like, are you good? Why would you, you look like you're going to faint, but why would you if no one's there? 
Pull yourself together. You don't need to go into a state seeing that there's no one there. How do you like the scenery? Um, yeah, he's he's telling her to calm down. Good, good. He's going into Palpatine mode. I mean, when is he not in yes. Palpatine mode? <laughs> uh, what an amazing house, don't you think, that has actual scenery in it? He said. And she's like, yeah. Note. He said, this place has everything. <laughs> Oh my god. No, this is the part in um Justin Copet's Phantom where he's like, Look at this beautiful forest and like he's got the fake raccoon and shit and she's like, Alright <laughs> But it's way more sinister in this version. Yeah, she likes it in that. She's she's down. She's very much down. Yeah. Um now an unfortunately hilarious Q and A between the two of them. She's like, Cool. Um Eric, there aren't any instruments of torture. It, it's like a garden in there. You yeah. gave me a terrible fright. And she's like, why? Because there's no one's in there. Did you build that room yourself, Eric? It's really beautiful. You're such a great artist. And he's like, I am a great artist. Yeah, that didn't, <laughs> that didn't have the effect she wanted. Nope. Why do you call that room a torture chamber? It's very simple. What do you see? A forest. And what do you get in a forest? Trees. And what do you see in trees? Birds. Do you see any birds? No, I don't see any birds. <laughs> Sorry. It's just, what no, I'm imagining him being like, Babe, did you see any birds in there? Yes or no? And she's like, no. He's like, he's he's trying to get her to focus he's on He's like, now. Rick says on pass. You saw branches. And what was one of the branches? A gibbet. That's why I call my forest a torture chamber. Do you follow? It's a joke. <laughs> What's a gibbet? He's, he's like, I have become the joker. He says, I don't say things the way other people do. I don't do anything like other people. I'm so tired of it. <gasps> Exhausted. Weary. <laughs> Bestie, same, but we do need you to... Can you try the calm up again? I'm just asking. I'm just asking. Maybe a little circular like it breathing. Really, he's like, the definition of it doesn't have to be like this. Like, no one's making you do this. He's so tired. He just wants... He just wants to pay $2,400 a month for a quiet apartment with ordinary doors and windows and a loving wife, just like everybody else. Okay. Eric, get off Instagram because you've been it, it's yes. seven hours. You don't know how other people's relationships actually are. You only see what they're yes. presenting for you to see. You've been on Instagram for seven hours. Stop looking at the Persian's Instagram because he's at your house. Put right. down the family-sized Starburst, Eric, and pause Pride and Prejudice. And Rick, you are depression Barbie. But also, it is, it's just, he's like, I want this definitely happy relationship that everyone else has, which I get that at that time, um, the people were not going on hinge. You might be kind of instructed to marry or you'd marry for like advantageous reasons, but a loving wife and it just like other men. Like Rick is making some assumptions. I understand why no. he makes them, but it just, I was like, yeah. And then he's he's mad that he has to keep repeating that for her because as per his last email, Christine, like, come on. He's like, I can't keep emphasizing this enough. We're going to go on a walk every Sunday and make her laugh all the other days of the week. I do notice that I don't think he's made Christine laugh once. I really don't. Nope. No. I, I've i got more than one sort of trick up my sleeve, and I don't just mean card tricks. I hate never, this guy for real. Never a dull moment. I'm, are you a carnival cruise brochure, Eric? I'm, I'm, oh my God. God. He's like, do you, do you like card tricks? This woman is like <laughs> on the brink of collapse. Christine, are you listening? <laughs> Me and Christine the same. Rick, she's <laughs> not gonna, listening she's to gonna, this. Like, go to the astral plane. It's this is too much. And then <laughs> you're not saying. Tell anything. me you love me. Tell me you love me, Rick. You don't love me. No matter, oh you God. will. There was a time you couldn't bear to look at my mask because you knew what was under it, and now you look at it and forget what it conceals. Bestie, she doesn't. And you no longer push me away. People can get used to anything if they want to, really want to. Plenty of young people who are not in love before they marry become besotted with each other. Oh, what am I saying? But you'd never have a dull moment with me. Unfortunately, that probably is true, just not in like yeah, a fun not way. Not in a fun way. And For he's example, like, by the way, did you know I'm the greatest ventriloquist? But I, I love how the Persians like, unfortunately true, it does check out. It's... <laughs> 
Unfortunately, he's very good. And he's like, no, listen to me. This will this will make you laugh. And it's like, okay, she is, like, trapped in your house. But okay. Yeah. And he's, like, doing ventriloquism <laughs> to distract Christine. But Christine's like, mm, I'm like, really concerned about that, like, that light in the oven's been on all night. And it's, like, going to blow uh-huh. out. So, like, maybe if you could maybe turn that off because it's, like, really freaking me out. No, he came in and soaking wet. There's no indication that he's changed. I guess he maybe put no. a mask on. Um, he's distracting her with card tricks and ventriloquism. If I'm Christine, she's probably like, I would like to perish even if they weren't in the torture chamber. Like, I can't handle this. Literally. Well, we know, yeah, he must have put the mask on, but we know that when he came in, he wasn't wearing a mask. Because, yeah, yeah. like, I imagine it's not easy to swim with it. Um, and he's like, yeah, look, haha. And then, unfortunately... <laughs> Uh, put me in jail technique uh, corner some <laughs> technique corner um when he said <laughs> where do you want me to throw my voice unfortunately i highlighted how do you want it and we yeah we're not okay we we're once again this flops at the bechdel test <laughs> at all times the rick test no <laughs> i was like i'll tell you <laughs> Into your right ear or your left ear or the table or those ebony boxes on the mantelpiece. Ha ha ha. And it's like, girl, if you don't stop. This incredible one-man show from Rick. But yeah, text, just like he did with, you know, text did not include the toad Wikipedia. Text also did not include the, I'm speaking with my abdomen. It's perfectly natural. That's why they call it ventriloquism. Meaning belly speaking. It's a well-known fact. Oh my God, Rick. (laughs) We don't care. He's like, hey, it's fine. We gotta, we gotta pass time until tomorrow at eleven when we all die. And then we have these like weird boxes that appear, where there's like a scorpion on one, and there's a grasshopper on another. Um, which we know is going to be important later. Just I don't know a hundred percent the specifics because again, haven't read this book, but through being on the Phantom Dark Web, I know those are important. Uh, and then he's got his little satchel. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, it's in La Carlotta's throat. My voice is in Carlotta's throat, which. Mm, We're all in a journey. Not going to say anything. Don't <laughs> don't put me in jail. But he kind of was like, he's kind of like revealing how he did the, the Carlotta thing. And he's like, oh, she's singing to bring down the chandelier because he didn't get enough laughs the first time. Yeah, well, but speaking of laughs, I didn't copy and paste the text from text, but. In the other one, he says something like, yeah, danger to all who enter. But in this one, he's like, you know, if you're blessed with a nose and what you choose to do with it is come nosing around my home, like he has puns. But yeah, he says, he says, you're out here with a nose and you come poking it into my torture chamber. So it's like kind of an awkward joke, but not really. But it's funny, but it doesn't it just doesn't carry over into the other one. And I'm like, he's obsessed with it. Let him have it. Poor Rick. So, Let him have his little jokes. This man is so, like, up right now. Um, and it's, like, the the voice is everywhere. Um, Michelle Branch featuring Rick. He's laughing dementedly. Christine's like, Christine, Eric, that's enough of you and your voice. Please stop now. And tell me, why is it getting so warm in here? Yeah, topic change. She's on top of it. She can do this. And he's like, that's weird. <laughs> and she's like, the wall is hot. <laughs> and he's like, oh, that's crazy. And he's like, it's happening on, on account of the forest. And she's like, what the fuck? It's happening on account of the forest in the next room. What do you mean? Didn't you notice the forest was a jungle in the Congo? And he's laughing Dear his ass off Lord. so hard that no one can hear anything else. And Raoul's, like, screaming. Uh, He's laughing his ass off. Christine's pleading. Uh, Christine's freaking out. There's a sound of a struggle of a body hitting the floor. Not great. Let the bodies hit the floor. And being dragged away, a door slammed, and then nothing except for the blistering silence of noon in the heart of an African jungle. (sighs) Woo! We... 72 minutes. Listen. Um, Amazing. Yeah, in the other one, it just said, uh, 
He's like, didn't you know that it was an African forest? Okay, Eric. No. I make a lot of jokes with anachronistic things. They didn't have National Geographic yet. At least I don't think so. No, I promise you, Christy and I did not have a National Geographic subscription. No. She might know what Africa is. I'm sure she's heard of it. Um, no, Rick. She doesn't know what kind of forest it is. Only you do. Also, it's an iron tree and mirrors. It's not exactly, like, accurate to what a forest looks like. It's, like, weird. But he's like, no, it's Africa now. Ha ha. You know so, a- uh, really great. <laughs> Sorry. Do you know what I'm imagining? Kara, have you been to a Disney theme park? I'm imagining is it Animal Kingdom? I'm imagining the Jungle Cruise and like the fucking exhausted tour guide who has to do the jokes and the like is this offensive or is it not like multicultural music that Disney had like in the 80s that they've probably since retired but probably not (laughs) and just like the really awkward fake hippo unfortunately I hope that Rick has the whole Jungle Cruise (laughs) I hope that's the torture. That's the torture part. Yeah. And also, he probably does think that's what it looks like. I don't know. We we just cannot always trust Rick to do an accurate rendering of things. No. Also, we don't know if he's ever been to Africa. He's definitely been to Persia, but yeah, he has not been to Africa, probably. I don't know. We don't know. What a couple of chapters. He, something, he did something with, like, he taught something to pirates. So maybe he was, There was the Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Pirates of the Caribbean, the ride. Rick um, is Rick is a Disney princess, so Rick is a Disney adult, um, and he just made. He really wanted to have a model of the like safari from Animal Kingdom. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I still stand by my guess that the torture chamber is an air fryer. It's prediction corner. It's that time. Yeah. Yes, I think I still think it's an air fryer, and I think they're about to get cooked like a mozzarella stick. In that thing. Um, That's not good. She's not... From what I know about the musical, so she's not in the wedding dress yet? I don't know what she's wearing. She's wearing clothes. I feel confident in that. She's wearing clothes. Yeah. She's definitely wearing clothes. I don't think... She might still be in the costume that she was wearing when she got abducted. We also know that, like, Rick is not good about, like, the treats and, like, making sure people have adequate food and water so she's not doing great i bet she's dehydrated for sure next chapter is called chapter 25 any old barrels barrels any old barrels for sale that can't be i don't know what that is that's also giving pirates of the caribbean um yeah. let's see i've been giving you a film recommendation over the past couple days I will yes be- I will give anyone this film recommendation. Watch that Focus movie from like 2015 or whatever with Will Smith and Margot Robbie. Robbie, sorry. Because it's great. They're super charming. He's wonderful. She's just starting out. But also, he's teaching her to do crimes and close-up magic team. It's not not Rick Meg energy. Ugh. That is wonder. That's I'm definitely gonna watch it. Um, also, just like a cute, fun watch, like the kind of thing that I want to see Will Smith doing like all the time. He's just he he just mm. gets to be so funny and charming in it, and we love to see it. Nice. I'm watching. I'm halfway through season two of Good Omens. <gasps> I haven't watched season two. I only watched season one. It is it is very good so far. Uh, Dylan and I are watching it, so that's cool. And, uh, oh, I saw, I was at the, did I tell this already? The train station? I don't know. Whatever. Um, I was at the train station, and I. Nope, didn't tell them. Penn Station. Yeah. I was at Penn Station uh, the other week, and I thought I heard someone call my name, and I turned around, I was at the. Penn Station train bar, uh, as I'm wont to do. And I thought I heard someone call my name. I turned around and my brain was like, oh, you know that person. And I went, oh, yeah, I do know that person. Don't know that person because I was looking directly at Ramin Karamloo and his son. Uh, 
at the train station and then I definitely looked a little too long because like I think he saw that I like recognized him but I tried to play it off like I was just looking for someone and then my friend like rejoined me and I was like just so you know <laughs> behind you is Phantom of the Opera's Ramin Karamloo slash Funny Girl's Ramin Karamloo um and so she was like oh my god and we just like both turned around like really I do just think it's funny how you had the whole Phantom Infinity gauntlet and we joked about that. But, like, who else is, like, physically drawing Rumi and Caribou to them? No. Who else? No one's right. doing it like you. Um, I'm trying so, to think what else. That's kind of it. That's kind of it, you know. Um, stay safe out there. I do mean it genuinely. It's not going great in Hawaii. Our skies are rather orange here on the West Coast. Um, just a lot going on. So wherever you're listening from, uh, truly, we hope you stay safe. And you know what I just think would help us all as a community? We said it already. Greta, release the sweet girl cut. Release the, release the sweet girl cut. Okay. All we'll right. talk to you next time. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Inside, it's just everything. Lights, psychos, Furbies, screaming babies and Mozart wigs, sunburned drifters with soap sud beards. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, what? You know, it's that thing when a hobo becomes a rich man, so they take the big bubble bath. I, <laughs> I think I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs>